Welcome to County Live. And Chris, it's the big one. You finally snared him. County's player of the century. Yes, big Kevin Francis tonight, live from Canada. Not live, pre-recorded, but still from Canada. Uh, and what a treat. Big news after the show as well. We've got plenty dis to discuss after your interview with Kev. Yeah, um, playoff news. Um, Panorama National League looks like it could be not concluded, but at least um, the, the decision outcome could be uh, just 24 hours away. So uh, loads to stick around for after the interview, but um, it's big Kev first, and it is a big interview. Right, well, I guess we should uh, get the ball rolling. Kevin Francis, big Kev, the, the guy that we set out, when we set out this legend series for Stockport County Live, we said the target here is to get Kevin Francis all the way from Canada on the show. So I am delighted, beyond delighted, to say, Kev, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for having me. I didn't, I didn't know there was such a request out there, to be honest with you. <laughs> Before before we go before we go down the, the route of football and, and memories and Stockport County and everything else, we've had a few of your former teammates on and, for, uh, and other former county players who, who you didn't play with, and we've we've started all of them the same way. Um, doesn't really feel right talking about football straight away. Lockdown, quarantine, everything that's going on with coronavirus. How's it been where you are over in Canada? Um, it's kind of works. It's been working the same way. Like the world worldwide, everyone's been kind of slow to react because no one actually knows what's really going on. And then I think everyone's looking for another country to come up with some like some medical remedy and how to to properly like affect like lockdown. And it's not really worked but much. Um, but we're in the same scenario. I think they've just released a bit in the press over here now, where we're on moving on to phase one or phase two of like letting people come out and circulate and stuff. So um, all that my kids are bothered about is because our coaches like just getting back on the grass, but that's not going to be until probably like the end of this month or whatever. But as regards um, lockdown and stuff, I mean, all it means is that, I mean, I, the job that I do, like I can do it. I'm in a team of seven, but like everyone's got their own vehicle. Uh, so right. it's, it, it, I don't have to interact with anybody with what I do for my job apart from my team. Okay. No one else uses my no one else uses my vehicle, so it's just sanitised by me. So, so the, only, the only concerns I have really is just me and Sharon. Sharon's still working as well. Um, but apart from that, like it's, it just means come weekend or come days off, there's, there's just there's nothing to do and nowhere to go because obviously everything kind of shut and closed down. Mm. But, and just um, in case, just in case anybody isn't aware, although. Um, I'm willing to bet that every single county fan watching this is aware, but just to bring everyone to the same page, what is it that you do now? What What is it you're, that, that, that you've got to live in your life over there in Canada? Um, I was going to say something like typically smart ass like I do, but I won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I actually work for Calgary Police Service, mate. And, uh, and how is that? Is that a different world from football? It, it totally is. I think... Once I kind of finished playing, I, I didn't think that coaching would be enough as regards the camaraderie that you have and, and you know, the fellow bond with like 11 to 24 other people. But um, it was actually my best mate that I've known since I was like, like seven years old that's got me into it. And, you know, I've, I've found going through, it's kind of been like something that maybe I could have done a little bit sooner after retiring um and you know for a field to move into because there's so many other different avenues within the force that you can move into which is what i've what i've evolved into now but um 
the only, like I say, the only other thing that's given me so much pleasure is you guys to get up in the morning and it's not been a problem if they phone and call us out like they did this morning at four o'clock. It's like, yeah, no problem, I'm there. Sort wow. of thing. So like, you know, it's, 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 it's given me that, that sort of camaraderie and that sort of teamwork that I had with football. Um, so, but yeah, I love it. I mean, would I do it in England? Yeah, hell no. But um, <laughs> I actually enjoy what I do. Like I say, current climate aside, like it's, it's a difficult enough job as it is. Um, and it, it's like any walk of life, like wherever you were, there's always someone that you, you wonder like, you know, had that idiot get dressed in the morning on his own. It's like, you know, yeah. and we, we've got him. We've got him. Everyone's got him in, in whatever walk of life. But yeah. just unfortunately, like they've, they've come to the forefront right now. And it's a, I would say it's a storm that we've got to like weather and ride through, but it's, it's just an ongoing storm that's been like systemic for years. But as regards me and my job, what I do, I, I still love it. And what you, you talk about the camaraderie and everything that, that comes with that and the similarities, I guess, of, of that and, and being in football. But how did you find the transition from, from moving from sports life and football life, where you've had a really successful career and one that we'll obviously go into over the next, well, over the course of the evening. But how did you get, how did you find that transition once you first found yourself in a police uniform? I mean, this is a million miles away from tying up your boots and running out onto a field. Yeah, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, probably the one similarity is though, you, you, you turn up, you get changed, you put your uniform on, like, and you, you know what I mean? You, you sort your team out, you sort your tactics out for the day and you get out there and get it done. I think um, I wasn't a big fan um, of secondary, secondary education when I, when I was younger and like, there was no thought in my head of going to school. All my thoughts were playing football, that was it. Um, yeah, I was a late bloomer and so on, but when, when you're doing something that you enjoy, sinking your teeth in and training is, isn't a problem. So like going and training and running and that wasn't a problem. Um, once I got into classes for like CPS, it was and I found how much I, I was actually enjoying it. Um, it the, the transition wasn't that bad. I mean, I, I'd had a bit of a, quite a bit of a gap. I mean, I didn't start, I didn't start classes till I was 40, so... Like, you know, wow. I, mean, I wasn't the oldest, and funny enough, I wasn't the oldest one in the class. There was like three others older than me in the class. But um, it was, it wasn't the bad situation of being back at school, more so like what maybe secondary education would have been like if I chose yeah. to do that. Well, let's, let's maybe start with that, the other transition, then the transition out of that secondary education and, and into football, catch your mind back all those years, if you would, and just, just kind of relive that, that time for us when you started picking up your first professional contracts, the first time you, you started running out in front of fans and having teammates and beginning to realise that the dream of being a footballer may actually be happening. Um, it, it, was, it was very surveil. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I've told the story that many times, people probably know it inside out, but it, it, it all snowballed in the space of seven days, literally, from... Um, from putting down a hard, a hard and carrying bricks to like lacing up your boots like you know six seven days a week as opposed to two nights Tuesday Thursday for training and Saturday for a game um it always was the ambition no, not the ambition it was always the dream um the self-belief was there but I didn't think that you know I had what other people wanted as you guys had to play to play the game I've been on the trials you know I, mean, I, I, I turned up religiously when I asked and, and you know you get to a point even at like 15, 16, you start hearing the same thing over and over again, you know, you, you know it's not going to work, it's not going to happen. 
so that was a matter of just throwing myself into into life getting a decent job and making sure that me and Sharon were all right and then um it was funny actually when the phone rang I've, I've, with two of the decent Two of the best jobs that I've had in regards to football and, and what I'm doing now, um, they're both, they were both started off by a phone call that I, saw, I thought was bullshit and I hung up on them. Like both, because <laughs> like, like, I've got the camaraderie and like also calls along with having stupid friends that do stupid shit. <laughs> sort of thing. That, so, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, so, you know what I mean? It's like, you, you keep telling yourself, now I'm not going to fall through it again sort of thing. But luckily, um, the first job that got me here in Calgary, like they actually rung back the second time and told me not to hang up this time and to hear them out. <laughs> and finally, like, it's a good job. My mum took the second message as regards going, um, going to play for Derby because I'd already hung up on them once as well. Uh, wow. Because you, you, you just, got, just got to that point where it's not going to happen. You know what yeah. I mean? And then like, you, you know, you, you kind of found your level I was more than happy with playing um, Beza Holmes Prem at Redditch and Milo and so on. Uh, and, you know, from there, it was, it was just a situation, you know, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's gone now. You know what I mean? That window's been closed at 17, mm. 18. And then, you know, you, you're not going to see that sort of story now that, like, happened to myself, the lot of and Wright and so on, and where they're getting late. But it's like what I tell the kids that are coach out here now, like, you never know who's watching. Yeah. I mean, don't don't. If you're going to go out and half-ass the job, then don't bother doing it. You know what I mean? Because well, you might as well give your best because you don't know who's watching, and, and that's that's the way it worked for me. Yeah, um, playing. Yeah, because the original call was to go on trial for Leicester. Um, so I played for them on the Monday night against I think it was Shepshed Charterhouse. I don't even know if they still exist. <laughs> and then I got a call on the Tuesday to be at the baseball ground on the Wednesday. And like, you know, one, one trial, like, yeah, okay. Two in two days, no, I don't think so. So that was a point where when they actually rung back, it was um, my mom that took the message I was at work and then I said, okay, I'll, I rung them back up and then the woman I spoke to says, oh no, there's no game on Wednesday. Oh, right, okay. Okay, so I'm running through my head all the, all the six or seven people that I could like pick out and like punch in the face first. <laughs> And then uh, I, she said, oh, she asked for my name. I gave her my name. And then she went away. And then when she came back, so oh, yeah, there is a game which is behind closed doors. So I'll be here at like 6.30, I think it was. So it's another half day off work, driving across the Derby to go and play there against Shipshed Charterhouse again. Yeah. You must have, you must have played a hell of a game. Um, it was, a, it, the, that, the second game, the Derby game felt better than the Leicester one. There was, it just felt less pressure because it was like, you know, I mean, you got you got a chance to play. I like playing anyway, um, and just go and enjoy yourself. And I think we've done a full full ninety, and then they played another like twenty five each way after that, because there was two other kids they were they were looking at from uh, that were over from Russia, I think they were, and I think it was like the first, the first half of the first twenty five. Um, I just ran out of gas and I thought, I'm not chasing, I'm just going to hit this. And he just rifled in the top corner and I'm like, right, okay, I'm done. And then luckily they brought me off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's sitting there, it's sitting, I mean, back at the old baseball ground, it's like a row of marble baths. It's like, it was like a Roman spa, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It wasn't no big, no big square bath like it was at Edgley Park where everyone gets in with all manner of whatever. 
Um, so sitting in there with your neck up to bubbles, it was like, yeah, the, the big man could do a bit of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, um, yeah, so, and then, yeah, spoke to him after the game. Um, the guy who was my manager at the time, I think when I was at my log, he kind of told the white lie and said that, um, said that Leicester had offered me like 350 a week. And then they said, okay. And then they, they walked away and says, oh, we'll be in touch. And I like, I just screamed at him when we walked out of the office. Like, you know, you sports it now sort of thing. But no, they phoned me on Thursday. Said, okay, so we'll match that. Said, come back up on Friday and sign. And that was, so was and like that was that. Days, and wow. that was that, yeah. You're a professional footballer. Uh, we'll fast forward a short while. Uh, and Danny Bagara spots you playing and, uh, and just tell us how that unfolded. Um, well, I, I didn't know there was interest. I don't know who was watching it. Was, but like reserve games back then were proper reserve games. Like, you know, they were, they were, they were well attended and there was, there was always somebody in the crowd watching. But, you, you know, unless you're um, fringe first team and, like, you know, you were looking to go away or looking to impress, then, like, people are making note of that. And to yeah. me, it was, I was just, in, you know, embedding myself in the squad and it's starting to get um, a regular spot on the bench and so on. Um, so it, it, to me, it just came out of the blue. I didn't even know anyone was interested. And I, was, I think I was probably uh, six months into my second year at Derby and then got a call off the training ground, go back to the ground, Gaffer wants to see you. And then it's like at any point, even now, like if your sergeant wants to see you, thinking, what have I done? Yeah. So he was like all the way back to the baseball ground thinking what have I done and then I went in and he says right he says um, stop all County want to speak to you um, he said I suggest you speak to them for the experience he says um, here's their manager's number he said give them a call he says go and have a chat he says you know just listen to what they've got to say and then I think he says oh, you know, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow no he said I'll see you in two days sort of thing so they give me the next day off and like I'm like alright so does that mean that they don't want me? Does that mean mm. that, that I don't think I'm good enough? And then, so drove up, drove up to Aisley Park. Well, no, we went home first and then like looked it all up on CFAX, good old CFAX. <laughs> <laughs> 302, I think, on the football pages. Yeah. Day. It was three, it was, 302 was the football pages, but stop, we're, we're on 303 or 304 <laughs> or 305. It's like, I didn't know CFAX went that low, mate. <laughs> Listen, we'll take 384. If we can get 384, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it probably was as well. Yeah, so yeah, he was just like going back to Shaz and then having a look and see where they are. I'm mean, like, well, you know, he, he like heavily suggested I go and speak, so let's go and speak. So, and like Danny was just, he was infectious from the minute he walked in. Like, you know, you expect him to be there an hour, an hour tops maybe. I think I was there like four and a half hours in his office. Wow. Yeah, just talking about football and watching videos and like videos, Uruguay videos of like just just everything, everything, just chatting football, talking videos. I don't even think we talked that much, probably talked about 30 minutes as regards going and signing and what he wants and what, he's, what plans he had for me to come up there and everything. And did you, did you kind of know then? Yeah, I'm going here. Yeah, he, 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 he was a salesman. His, his sales pitch like just completely sucked me in. Um, 
apart from roofing me older than anything that he wanted anyway. So like <laughs> it was it was it was in that respect, yeah, he just he just he just won me over. We, so it we, wasn't my intention. Quite we, we've, we've we've obviously spoken to a, a few different players now who played with Danny. I often kind of refer to Danny as certainly in the modern day, the modern era of Stockport County, Danny Bagara is almost like this godfather figure. You know, so many people have stories of of him, uh, of him and working with him and then his legacy continued obviously Dave, Do Dave, Dave Jones and now even Jim Gannon is you know it's all come from this Danny Bagara kind of school if you like and um, one question that I, I can't help but ask myself anyone who's worked with him because they all have a bit of a tale to tell and you just kind of started it there by touching on it of your first impressions of Danny I mean you, you spoke about the first time you see him he brings you in for a four and a half an hour uh, four, four and a half hour conversation um, just about a little bit of everything. I mean, what's going through your head at this point? Because like you say a few minutes previous, you know, this is all kind of new to you. You know, you're still kind of cutting your teeth, if you like, in the game. And does this, what does this mean about Derby? Is this what footballers do? Am I in the reserves? Am I getting in the first team? Whatever. And then obviously you've got Danny Bukhara, who, like you say, salesman sits and talks to you for four and a half hours. Just what emotions do you feel when, you, when, when you're encountering this, this incredible first impression? I think the one of the biggest things was was probably being wanted and him expressing that he wanted you, wanted me, want, and I think he, that that was the same across the board to everyone that he brought in and everyone that he signed. He had a vision and a dream of how he was going to fit into his jigsaw and how we were going to play, and um, you know, I mean, it made you feel like you were important. That's not to say I didn't feel important in Derby, but like it's it's you kind of get the you do get the feeling obviously it's, it's a smaller shop window. But you, you're going to be in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Only, the only thing, the only thing that's going to stop you from playing is you. Yeah, and that's what I tell the kids that are coach now. But at, at that higher level, it's you know what I mean. If you, if if you're one of the top fifty or twenty players in the world, like you, you could have a bad day and still get sold for like fifty, sixty million. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know what I mean? At Derby, I'm having a bad day in the reserves, and I'm not playing the reserves. That means I ain't playing at all. So no. like breaking in, breaking onto the, getting onto the bench and like making way through and making good strides, it was good. But you don't, I didn't get that feedback that I was doing that good until someone else knocked on the door and says, can we speak to him? Yeah, right, yeah, got so, you. So it was like when I went back, it was when I went back the next day um, and then Arthur Cox called me to see me again. Like in Star Wars, so I thought he would have come and see me straight away. I said, no, I just went home to think about it. And he's like, think about what? I said, oh, I think I'm going to go. And he actually said to me, he said, why? I said, because it, like, it, it just feels right. I said, everything he said, the way he approached it, the way he spoke to me, the way he wants to play me, he said, it felt right. And his words were, he said, you, you're doing good here. He said, you don't need to. He said, I don't want you to go. I said, I think wow. you're doing well here. He said, you're progressing well. He says, um, but it could be a chance for you to make a name for yourself. And I've, I've said it before, like one, you know, well, not one, three steps backwards, like to make a giant step forward sort of thing, which is, which is what it was. But that, that's on me. And I think part of that, a large part of that was Danny, for sure. Definitely. The, the, the players that, that we've spoken to, a lot of those players who were around that time, you know, you, you kind of, you, you Mike Flynn's and you Sean Connolly's, they, they very much kind of gave us this feel of, the management team and yes Danny was great at what he did um, but he had this this really good relationship with the likes of Dave Jones and the likes of and particularly John Sainty has received a lot of praise and I'd be keen to just hear how you 
your experience of those guys? I mean, obviously, we want to talk about your relationship to the players in a moment, but just first of all, that, that kind of management structure and how it improved your game, how you worked with them, how each one was different, but at the same time, they were on the same page, uh, and just everything that encompassed that that you've signed up for. As a management team and structure, so it was good because you could. Danny had his ideas, but obviously, like a little bit of the, the, the English language barrier, like stopped his ideas coming out very fluently. But you know, I mean, with the times that he spent with Sainty and Jonesy, like he, he could get them out to them. And then once we got onto the training pitch, then it was like it was put into play by Jonesy and, and by Sainty. I mean, they had, they had just as much a massive part um, to play because Sainty was there as well for the four and a half hours. For me being there and enjoying what I'd done in Stockport and everyone else would imagine that came across because it, it, they just, they literally they translated everything that was in Danny's head. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they put it into layman's terms, they put it into positional plays, they put it into like training structures and it made it easier and that all three of them were good, were good to get along with. They're easy to get along with. Yeah, you, you can, you know, you can piss your boss off every now and again, which they would do and then like, you know, if you're not doing your job and they, you know for a fact because they were angry for a reason, it wasn't just any vindictiveness. It was just a matter of like, you know, we, we there's games we could have won, games that we shouldn't have lost or whatever. And like Joe was insane to be good at doing that. And it's part of it is like, you know, I mean, you know, like the gap is angry, doesn't want to speak, and Jones will come across and put an arm around and say, right, well, maybe we should try it this way, maybe we should do that. You know what I mean? And then like getting everyone to listen to buy in, that's the biggest thing. Once you get eleven to seventeen players that are bought bought in, you you you're kind of unstoppable. Yeah, I think that's a really good core message that comes through. So we move on to those players. And I, I tell you, one of the um, one of the most enjoyable interviews for me, one someone who you could tell was really passionate about the game, and in particular his time at Stockport, was, was your old partner in crime, uh, Andy Priest. And he yeah. was, he, he was um, I mean, he's, he's obviously at Chorley nowadays, and County and Chorley have had a little bit of a competitive rivalry in recent seasons. But, I mean, all that gets put aside, and he's... He's talking about this goal and that goal, and obviously the, the QPR game comes into conversation. But then he just speaks about, um, and the same with Mike Flynn about your your presence within the camp and how everyone used to bounce off you. But at the same time, you were one of the, the boys, and it was just it just seemed like a magical time. And when when county fans like myself, who you know a little bit younger at that time, but at the same time started to get into the game of football, and you speak to people slightly older than us, they talk about it like it was a it was just a special time within football. It's quite romanticised those days. And uh, it's always good to hear the stories from within the camp. Yeah. It, I see. He brought the right players and they could get on with each other. Like, there wasn't... I don't think you recall there was any like major times there was any fallings out or anything within the team itself. So, yeah, like, Jesse can get heated like, with passion and because everybody wants to win. Um, first thoughts of Preci, when he... When he like Danny called me and said he's signing him. I'm like, what for? That's the first thing I said to him. Like, I'm like, and then you start thinking, all right, it's okay. I'm not doing good enough for you. Like, I'm, I'm out the door, sort of thing. But it, it's, it's just all part of his jigsaw, and you can see a way that was going to work and going to play. I mean, point in case he says, you know what I mean? It's, if there was anyone out there, I mean, this is when I kind of felt like I was grounded within the team and grounded within. Um, having an opinion sort of thing was when he said like you know we're, we're looking at signing like Michael Flynn like when he was at um, Preston I said get him yeah and he says oh, why I said not just for the throws I said like the way he plays I said he's 110% I said every game 
I said, I don't think I've faced him at any time and I come off with some some bumps, some bruises, some some cuss or whatever. And hopefully same for him. I said, and like, I said, I'd rather have that on our side than face it like, week in, week out. I said, and that, you know, I mean, me and Philly were like, we're still great mates now. But like, it's, it's Danny knew that Jigsaw and I had to put it together. I mean, rooms with Preci when he first got there and then, Obviously, he, he, he stepped on and moved on to better things, bastard. And then, um, <laughs> and then better rooms, better rooms. And then, like, I spent the rest of my time there in room with Flinny. Now, Preece, like, he's golden. He was really quietly spoken, to be fair, when he first got there. But, like, he, 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 I did, we didn't have to talk on the pitch. It just, everything just was just in sync. Like, he runs yeah. off the ball, me going up to edit, him going up to edit or whatever. Um, no money is going to shoot. Don't bother asking for it. Just like getting in a position to to tap it in from a yard and claim it. It's it was like we just bounced off each other. Even now, when I mean, when you watch Premier League games and whatever else, you can see it from fifteen different angles. Player comes, crowd comes, all the rest of it. And when you look back at those games where there's kind of one or two camera angles and the, you know, it's a little bit wobbly and the quality maybe isn't what you get these days, you can still tell. You can just tell that you boys were working as one. Yeah, it. it I like to say you got all those angles now. You can you can filter them through your head. But when you when you think back to goals, goals in games where you are linked up together and whatnot, it's it. You just it's like your peripheral vision. You can you know where everyone else is going to be. You know where someone's going to be. Even time in a run to get on the end of one of Flynn's throws, like and when Todd is like charging down the line or. Or little Willow, when he was charging down the line, you knew the ball was coming in. It's like, you just got to be there. You know what I mean? And make sure you get a good connection to finish. Um, and it, it was like people playing to your strengths and, like, and, and like watching your runs and whatnot. You knew it was going to be... It kind of, it kind of felt easy when it, when it works and it flows. I mean, obviously, there's times you get in positions and you miss chances. But yeah. like when, it, when, it, when it flows and, it, and like you're on your game and like everyone's on their game, it just... It just felt so great. I mean, I didn't think at the end of the day, Franny was captain, Ward was captain, that was it. I think probably after, I don't know if the both of them had gone, I think Danny asked me once and I said, nah, don't need it. (laughs) I don't need the extra pressure, mate. Like, there's enough for me to go out there and score for me every game. I said, I don't don't need to be a captain. If you think I'm a leader, then then people are going to bounce off and follow anyway. Like, I wasn't, yeah, I was loud or like when we were in the dressing room, but more often than not, just by clanning around. But it yeah. was, you know, I mean, it was just fitting in, just being one of the boys. I think the only time I really lost my shit was probably, probably the, the, when we got promoted and then they tried to screw us over with like the bonuses and stuff and like, and then give it the old, oh, well, it has to be lodged with the league on Friday afternoon by 12.30 and the first game was on the Saturday. And they said, I'll just sign it. I'm like, no, I'm signing it. Uh, yeah. I just refused to sign it. And then everyone was like, well, come on, we need to go home, Kevin. And I'm like, no. I said, you're yeah, signing yeah. for the same bonuses. You're signing for the same bonuses you got just to get promoted. I said, why would you get the same bonuses in the higher leagues? It doesn't make sense. And then we eventually, like, we, they came around to my way of thinking. Um, we sat down, we rewrote everything out, and we just gave it back to them. And then, like, they agreed. So I said, see, I said, we've probably got even bloody more. Like, like it's what you're worth. So you judged on what you just done. You know what I mean? If we're not going to achieve that success when we went up, then fine, don't don't pay us. And that's why I think at that point, we've, if we dropped out of the top five, we didn't get anything. 
Right. And that's, right. How conf- that's how confident I was within my teammates that we will stay in the top five. Just um, on, the, on the topic of your, on the point of your, the players around you, the relationships, if they were all in a room with you now, social distancing aside and, and that thing wasn't all happening, but uh, you get my point. If, if they were all in the same room now and you know, maybe there's a couple of beers on the side, is that, is, is that a kind of um, environment that you expect? It would just click straight away back to the old days and just you just have that kind of relationship with the guys yeah definitely it's it's i mean you'll have the same thing with your mates as well where it, it could be someone that you're still close with you were close with for a while and then you don't see him or speak to him for like a year a year and a half two years maybe even more and as soon as you walk into a room or pick up the phone or whatever you, you just take off where you left off so yeah that nothing changes like people inherently are still the same i mean unless you're Gonna go full circle and become a pastor like Ricky Otto did. Then yeah, that's different. But like inherently, everyone's still the same. And if they were all here, I'd be worried about my drink stock for sure. <laughs> are there any? Are there any without without um, incriminating anybody? Uh, are there any stories from those days that you you look back and you think that's that's gonna stay with me forever? Um, that I could actually tell you. Yeah. <laughs> If, if you want to give us, if you want to give us aliases, and we can try and work aliases. out aliases, that's, that's fine. I think the probably probably the second after the second Wembley visit, and then obviously we were all amped up for that one, and then that like just went up like a like a match made like a house made out of paper. Um, we, me and Breezy said like we didn't want to travel back on the night. We wanted to stay in London and like just. Because the whole build, we've been away from the missus for a week and whatnot. Like, we want to experience Wembley, we want to experience London. We didn't want to go back. Like, we wanted to stay there. We weren't, we weren't, there was, there's nothing to go back for at the end of the season, right? So, so we said, like, we, no, we want to go back. We don't, we don't want to jump back on a coach. We want to stay down in London sort of thing. And, like, it was a, it was a bit of a ding-dong, really, with, with Jonesy and, um, and Sainty and, and the gaffer. And then eventually they said, oh, okay, fine. So it wasn't until we got... We got back up on the Monday and then got the messages coming through that. Obviously, the boys got a little bit excited with losing again, uh, as you do, and, and down their sorrows to the tune of probably, I think it was, I think it was like four and a half or five thousand, five thousand pounds worth of dead fish in the hotel lobby. So the hotel that they were staying at, it had like all these koi carp in like a big, a big pool in the, in the reception and by, by the time the boys got there, they were pretty oiled up and, and they had enough of being nice. You know, like there was people in with the fish, the, taking the fish out, giving the fish kisses. And like, so yeah, <laughs> like, I think it's about five grand worth, worth of fish died. Ooh. Sort of thing. So like, so which everyone had to donate a certain percentage of money towards these fish. And that was a hell no from me. Um, but yeah, but that was, that's, that's one where like, I'm not incriminating anyone, but I wasn't there. Priestley wasn't there, so. <laughs> yeah. We'll, you can we'll point finger wherever you like. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, we'll nothing, yeah, nothing about Toddy, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on. So you, you look back on those days, and I think, I think it's fair to say all of you guys coming on the show, um, you know, everyone, the fans that were the outside looking in, we, we obviously didn't have the, the presence, if you like, that, these days, social media offers you, you know, there were no cameras everywhere, players all able to offer their own insights to, 
So yeah, it, it was all completely different. But when you see how your career moved forward um, and, and it came to leaving County, just talk us through how, how that decision came about. Because obviously, you know, it's a club that you've been, well, you've gone on to be named the, the greatest player of the century. There's obviously a, a really strong bond there between player, club and fans. But, but the move came, the move happened. Just, just talk us a little bit about that. Um, there was, I've been doing the grumblings at the start of the season about um, about Wimbledon and, and certain things, but it, it was just always all talk. And the, the biggest thing that Danny said to me was to just keep doing what you're doing. I said, if it's going to happen, it will happen. I said, if not, I said, it'll happen here with us. So was, there was never a point where I ever went in there and said, like, you know, I want to leave, I want to go. Well, like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm getting looked after. Um, for the most part, um, I've done pretty well with whatever I asked for. Uh, it was it was never out of reason. It was always within reason because you know I was happy with what I was doing. I was happy at the club. I was happy with the fans. I was happy with where, where we were living. And um, it, you know it, it, it was never a hardship like I said to get up and go to work. But then when they, when Birmingham eventually did come in, like it, it's it's your hometown club. It, you know what I mean? It's it's. Being in the scenario that you're in now, and like if they turn and say to you, like, will you come and play? Will you come and sign? Of course you would. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, drop, yeah. you, you drop everything to go there. Yeah, of course. But I'd been through that process. I'd been through that process at 15, at four, well, no, when the first child, probably about 13. So for about like three years solid of turning out and going to trials and like going to camps and whatnot, I've been told no, 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 no. And then it's like, um, you know, I mean, you think that, that, you know, that, that sort of dream's gone and then <clears throat> you go and watch. It's, it's, you start off by sneaking in because you can't afford to pay to go in and you start climbing in and then you start going in when they open the gates like 30 minutes before the end and then you end up starting to work and then you can afford to buy a ticket and then you buy a season ticket and then you buy all the shirts and then you kind of do, don't get arrested fighting for them and all that sort of stuff. Moving on. And then, um, man of the law now, Ken. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it was just a hobby, mate. It's like there's nothing to it. And then, like, you, you know what I mean? The, the next thing is you want to be there. You want to be in the pitch. Even winning games and winning promotion and jumping over the fence and running across the pitch, it just felt great. Playing school finals on that pitch felt great. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you, this is where you want to be. And then to have that, like, kind of, not so much dragged away, which you were just told no. And then for them to come in and say like, you know, we, we, we want you. You know what I mean? It, it was like, it's, it's your dream. I mean, it's, it's just where you want to be. So it was, it was a big, it was a big tear and a big wrench because I, I was loving what I was doing and where I was. And I don't think that, um, I don't think for anyone else I would have gone. I mean, I did, go to one place. I did go and speak to Blackpool, but like 20 minutes into the conversation, it was like, yeah, no. Yeah, fair enough, they went on and done what they'd done, but it was, you know what I mean, there wasn't a draw, there wasn't a pull or anything, yeah. and I think that only happened with it being Birmingham and being my hometown club and stuff. And how, how was that? When, when, you got, when, you, when you got to Birmingham, what was, the, what was the feel like? How did it differ? How, how, how were Birmingham and Stockport different as, as clubs when, once you got in there? Um, it, it's, it's definitely a bigger club on, on, on scale as regards, like, staff-wise and managerial-wise, money-wise and thought-wise at that time. Um, and then 
with Barry in charge, big lad and brass, it was always like some sort of headline like floating around. But I mean, Barry's another good one. He's a good motivator. He had jigsaws like, and he just made them work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sitting down and talking mm-hmm. to, them was a, to them was a bit of an eye-opening. Because I think Karen Brady was on, on directors at the time who we spoke to and she was just hard-faced. For the minute yeah. we walked in, she was hard-faced. Uh, and she's like, oh, well, you're only coming from like a little, like a little club and like, this is a big club. And I said, well, little or bigger, so you, you, you called me, I didn't call you. And then like trying to play hard, hardball with a club that I love, it was like, that was hard. <clears throat> but then getting in and, and seeing how like, how things were bigger, you know what I mean? I'm just regards, I think, well, the amount of playing staff, like the, the training ground and stuff like that. It, I mean, it's stuff that I'd seen before, but obviously I've seen it evolve like from, from when I was younger to going back and actually signing and playing. Um, and the thing was for me was to, to try and have the same experience and do exactly or more or less what I'd done at Stockport there. And the thing is, like, I felt wherever I've, ever, wherever I've been, like, so I've always given 100%. And, and the true fans can appreciate that and see that. And that's, that's what ingrains you to them because, like, you just... I've worked for a living and I knew I was going to work for a living again. So there was yeah. nothing that I was going to do that was going to spoil my time, like, that I had playing football. Yeah. Um, point in case, that was one of the... Because you have to do polygraph to get onto the job. And that was one of the questions. You just kept banging on about drugs. On and on and on and on about drugs. Says, well, we must have had easy access to, like, you know, to, like, prescription drugs. I said, yeah, we did. I said, like, there was, there was a big tub of our roof and, like, a big box of smarts. You just put your hand in, grab whatever you want. I said, but, like, it's, if you needed it, I said, if you were ill or injured or, like, you know, I need to look after. I said, and that's what it was for. I said, but like, you know, getting prescriptions for nothing. I said, what's the point? Yeah. yeah and yeah. he'd move on, he'd move on to something else and then come back to it 10 minutes later and then move on and then come back to him. And I said to him, dude, you're not listening. And the best way yeah. I could sum it up was like, I was getting, I was getting paid to do something that I would gladly do for nothing. I said, you think I'm going to mess that up? Yeah. And he just that's stood, really stood there looking. Yeah. That's a powerful line. It's a powerful way of putting it. Yeah, and he just stood there looking at me, and then he says, "Okay." And then like he signed the papers. He said, "You passed about an hour ago." He said, "But I just," <laughs> he said, "I thought there was something." Oh like, yeah, of course there was. You mopping. <laughs> Jesus. So, but yeah. So, and that's to, to, to bring that to bring the Stockport County story full circle. I mean, I almost don't like bringing up the end of the, the career and, and the coming back and the injury. But you, you, there was a brief spell where you came back to County just. Just talk us through how what was the same, what was different um, for those few games. Well, that's another thing. It's like seeing how the, the club had evolved and watching how it evolved. It was always the, you know what I mean, the, the one was what I looked for after Saturday uh, once I finished playing my own game. Um, I think we'd actually played. The, we played Stockport at Birmingham and then um, I think it was, I can't remember, Megson was in charge. And we were actually walking down the tunnel and he says, how you doing, big man? I said, I'm all right. So I've, I've been better. I said, I'd, I'd like to be playing more, but you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, all, there's only one Francis here and at the moment it's not me. Yeah. He um, said, so we should bring you back. I said, like, maybe you should. But then, like, it, it, I don't know what happened there and it didn't really pan out and then ended up going down to Oxford. But then um, when I spoke to the killer and so on, I said, we'd love to come back. And he's like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I said yeah. never go back, but like you, you always go back to somewhere that you like. It's like they say, oh, once you've been there, you shouldn't go again. Like, okay, 
So how many of these fat people would be skinny now if they never went back to McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like how 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 much would I have regretted not going back if I'd have stayed, you know what I mean, and yeah. if I had to get fit at Oxford or whatever it might have been. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. going back, it like wasn't a second thought. It's like hell yeah. And how had how had the club changed? How had the the town, how had how had it moved on or, or had it not? Was it the same as you remember it? Because we've spoken to a couple of players who who have like Tony Dinning, for example, he um left and then came back and he described it as coming home. You know, he said he felt like he was coming home again. Uh, a player who played a few years after uh, you know, in the generations of the teams after Kevin Francis time was a player called Matty Mainwaring. We had him on uh, a few yeah. weeks ago. He left to go to Hull and then he came back after an injury and he said it was like coming home again. And I get the impression, you know, I know we're a Stockport County show, so players want to kind of pander if you know if, if the opportunity arises but i got the impression that they weren't just doing that they genuinely felt they had this relationship with the yeah. club i think it, it, a part of that stems from like having easy access and being being a smaller town and being that accessible to the fans i mean like everywhere you go everything you do like you you're crossing paths with county fans and i think the fact that we we as a club <clears throat> and and the players that were there in my time as well and the players that are there now are still giving the club recognition I mean it, Jimmy's doing the same thing he's, he's got a jigsaw he's got a plan and he's bringing in players of the calibre that are going to keep marching the club onwards and I think um, the fall from grace aside like it's, it's always been a place where people have seen Stockport people have seen Stockport play going back to the Jimmy Greaves days when we were playing Friday nights and whatnot and getting that little bit of exposure um, you know what I mean? And then taking the club and the fans to heart, it was easy. That's what it was, like I said, it was a hard decision to leave and it was an easy decision to come back, but more than an easy decision to come back. And uh, we had nothing but good times there, nothing but. I don't think there was any other time, apart from much Wembley defeats, everything else was like roses. Quick so mention back, on, it was like going home. Quick quick mention on Jim Gannon. Does it surprise you that he's, he's, been, he's done so well and achieved so much at Council yeah, Manager? Yeah, it does. It doesn't surprise you. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, no? <laughs> knowing Jim the way I do, yeah, it does. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll move on from that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't, no, I, I, to, to, to be honest again, no, he's done, he's done a good job. I mean, like, Jimmy was Jimmy, like, when he, he only spoke up when he needed to, and, like, when he was in the, in the dressing room. Yeah, he was one of the lads and everything as well. But like he, you know what I mean? He was like he was like the quiet man. When he was upset, you knew he was upset. When he wasn't, he was happy and joking. He was, you know, what I mean, he was a laugh a minute. But like he's, he's obviously he's, he's gone away and studied the game. And like he's another one who's got obviously got the club at heart as well. So for him, you know, getting up and going to work isn't going to be a problem. You know what I mean? So I think his only problem or his biggest problem will be he's getting getting that buy-in that we talked about earlier. Yeah. That would be his biggest problem as a manager, just getting the buy-in. Surrounding yeah, himself yeah. with the right sort of staff to, to keep preaching his word when he's not there or whatever, or when he's like they're taking a session, um, and then as a as a coach that makes your job a little bit easier. Um, he's Jimmy, like he, he's suited for the job, definitely. He's definitely suited for the job. So just to, just to kind of draw um, a, a bit of a line under uh, under this now, because I know we've kept you well longer than I am. I originally asked you <laughs> asked for you um so you're coaching as well and you there's there's you're not the only sports person in your family are you 
No, I'm not. No, yes, I'm still coaching here. I'll coach at the university and um, local boys team as well. Um, but yes, yeah, Stacey's, Stacey's still doing her bit. She's, she's out now in Perth, um, playing for, playing a netball in Perth. Because obviously, in, in Australia, it's professional. Mm. She's been there now for the last for the last three years. Um, and then it was probably last year. She kind of, I think, it was uh, Tracy Neville like quick to concentrate on family, and uh, Stacey got on with her, but not so much of her backroom staff. So, like, if you ever speak to her, she'll tell you her story as how she got screwed over. But she she sorted that out, and then the girl who took the job on now, like, she's good friends with, and she said, "Oh well, now you, now would you come back?" And she says, "Oh, there's too much water going under the bridge," and then they, they kind of sorted it out. So. To the point where she put the red dress back on and she's back representing England at 32. Wow. So, wow. but yeah, and she's 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 her own person. She's from what Sharon says, she's a mini me, but better looking. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've done that. It's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's she's done well. She's had her injuries, like I've had my injuries as well. And it's like it's you know, even now and again, it'd be like, Dad, how did you handle this? I said, like, you're strong of mine. I said, just just keep pushing on. I said, it, it won't last forever. I said, like, if you don't kill you, it's only going to make you stronger. So she's still doing a bit there. Contracts coming up uh, for renewal now, but obviously with with coronavirus, everything's been put on hold. Mm. Um, but she was actually going to come back to England, like when it was all when it was all starting to kick off. And I told her, no, stay. I said, yeah. you're coming back here to be stuck in quarantine for two weeks, God knows where, coming back to no job. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you're sitting there on a contract. I said, the minute you leave, still rip it up. And they didn't say anything to her. And then when she didn't go and the, the deadline passed and obviously they shut down flights, one of the directors says, he says, yeah, we would, we would have had to void your contract if you left. So, like, wow. so I said, see, I said, like, it's good. I said, I'm not saying you're there because you're, you're their responsibility, but like you've got a contract. I said, they need to figure out a way to honor it. Everyone's just knee jerk reaction was okay, let's kick everybody out who doesn't live here and then and then we can concentrate on the ones that are right now. Yeah. Said, you're the yeah, exactly. I said, you're there now. So stay there. I said, let the dust settle. I said, see where you are. And then point of case, her sister's there as well. She's in Perth as well. So they're both over there. Right. Right. So yeah, but yeah, she's she's doing well. She's I'm yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud of her than I than I am already. And she she's blazed her own path and her one hundred percent commitment and her, like the adoration that she's got from the fans is from like from me telling her like just just give a hundred percent. So no one can ask you for more. So if you give a hundred percent, it doesn't work out. People can see you trying and they can see that you tried. I said, and that was one of the biggest things like walking out, walking out on a pitch on a Saturday like. In front of like 40,000 at Birmingham, like eight, nine, ten thousand for Stockport, sixty thousand at Wembley, like same feeling every time. Yeah, it was like like just like waking up Christmas morning. That was it. That was my present, going and playing. Yeah, and then hearing them sing your name like that. Like, of course, it makes you feel good, mate. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. One, sing, no one sings it now. Well, they call me names, but they don't, they don't <laughs> sing it. <laughs> yeah, no. I could listen. Just, just finally, Kev. Um, when you when you think back to what we were speaking about, probably over half an hour ago now. When you think back to you being that kid who was hanging up the phone and you know maybe didn't real didn't think it was ever going to happen. The realistic side or the realism inside you thought maybe it's not going to happen, even if the ambitions believe wanted to. 
when you go from there to someone who has been voted player of the century at a big club, okay, not the biggest club, but at a big club like Stockport, and who's had the accolades and the awards and the career that you've had in those shirts on the wall behind you, just sum that up, if you could, just in a couple of lines, could you ever have imagined that it would give you that? No. I'd never. Never. You, you, can, you can possibly dream of or you can possibly dream of what it, what it could be like or what it might be like. And then once you're doing it, it's, it's something completely different. And like I said, having that feeling and thinking back now, like I said, oh, well, I'd like to go back and do this again. I'll, apart from injuries, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. You know I mean, maybe stayed, maybe stayed a bit longer or whatever, but I, I don't know. But for, for what it's given me and what it's made me as a person, like it's been invaluable. And like a large part of that, a large part of growing up and, and, and becoming a better player, becoming a better husband, becoming a better father, and like, you know what I mean? Becoming more understanding and like learning to articulate yourself. It, it came through Stockport. I mean, one of the, I think it's how we first met was one of the, one of the Instagram posts when I'd done that, done the interview with the old, I can't remember his bloody name now. Um, and then I'm stopping and I was looking at it and I was listening to myself. I'm like, oh my God, you sound like such a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so like, and then we were I, now, think like, after, I think that after every one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. And then it's like, and then from going there now to the amount of bloody speaking and public speaking I have to do now, it's, it's, that's where it all started. And that's where it all grounded by like looking, looking after yourself and by doing well. And I think without, without Stockport, there's, like I said, there's no Kevin Francis. Well, there isn't. There isn't. There isn't. Do you, even, like, do you have a favourite goal? That all a hundred and five of them. Yeah, loved them all, mate. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Like, even now you just said it. They're all flashing in, like between the one at Hull, like curling it around in the top corner, in the one against like QPR, the goal against Forest. The hundredth goal wasn't special, but it's my hundredth goal. It's like all of them. Like all of them are just great. I mean, it's like. It's like coming down here to work out and work out looking at that. It's like really Wow. Are you kidding are me? They the, are they are the balls? Tell, tell us the story behind those balls. Uh so that one. Hold on a sec then. So this one is Patrick Ball against Carlisle. Is that one? That one's ink's coming off. After the five against like Hartley Paul. Uh, that one, my hundredth goal. And I think we're saying to you, I'd like scribble out the, the thousand and like scribble out the year and just put Francis 100. And I think, what is Wardy signed here? This one's signed by everyone. Uh, and then Danny signed it saying, well done, Kev, now go for the next 100. Uh, Chrissy Beaumont, still think you can learn something from my finishing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Grizzly. This <laughs> is Sean Connolly, 100 goals, not bad for a man that can't swim. But yeah, cheers, Sean. Thanks for that. <laughs> but I can swim now, actually. Uh, this one was... I can't remember. Another hat trick. Got to be. Yeah, another hatchet, Lucky Bogger from John Sainty. <laughs> um, and then that one was Stockport versus Hartlepool. So that one's probably Plymouth. That one's probably yeah. the Plymouth one, I think. Yeah. And then there's like 
that one? Yeah, thank you for me on this goal. Uh, goal of the season versus Leeds United. And finger post travel club player of the season. That's the big one. And I can't, can't argue with the finger post, can you? <laughs> That's the big one. Listen, it is. Kev, it has been, I can't tell you how fascinating it's been. It has been absolutely monumental speaking to you. Um, I think you, you, you can't have not felt the love when you came back for your testimonial a few years back. You can't argue with the, the, the greatest player of the century, all those goals, all those recognitions. I, think I'm, I don't think there's going to be many people who disagree when I say County's most popular player of all time. It has been such an honour having you on. It's, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thanks for asking me. So it's been so long, but like, it, basically, I don't do social media at all like, because of the job. Well, I didn't. And it's actually like, it's actually Sharon's fault that she outed me and everyone just jumped on it. <laughs> <laughs> like, big man, big man's on Instagram. Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> um, basically, I, I, don't, I don't share it much because of, of the job. And it's like, so it's kind of impossible. Yeah. And then, so it's funny when people turn around and say, oh, but like, so and so's following you. you like you're not going to see much. Sorry, <laughs> just the way it is. But no, it's it's uh, I've it's I've lived a dream. People say, it and I can say it and mean I've I've lived a dream definitely. Stockport County part of that dream. Oh yeah, definitely, mate. It's, it started the dream. Like I said, like it's without going and moving and, and taking a chance and then taking a chance on me, there is no me. You know what I mean? The, the belief and the faith showed in in. In me by Danny and Sainton that coming to watch me a couple of times and then like bringing me across there and then obviously there's that, that grounding period and like winning the fans over and you know it's going to take time you know it's going to be hard work you hear like regardless of how many people are there you hear the grumblings there's always mm -hmm. one voice you hear there's always one person point in case of the goal at Hull one guy non-stop 70 minutes banging on and on and on just so when I curled that one into the corner, I turned and walked back towards their fans in the stand. And I'm pointing up, and then whoever was sat next to me was pointing to the empty seats, and it's gone. <laughs> so I was thinking, I'm like, all right, it doesn't matter, you've seen it. But like, it's, it's moments like that, it's, it just makes it easier. Like the first goal against Wrexham, it just like, from there, it just makes you feel better. That, that's probably one of my favourite goals, because it started yeah. everything. Started a love affair. Well, it, sure, and it's no place do you have any plans to come back anytime soon? Uh, we were supposed to come back October because Stacey was supposed to be getting married. But um not sure if that's going to happen now. So as soon as she gets that, the plans back on board for that one, then yeah, we're back. Well, make sure that when you do come back, you drop us a text or a message on Instagram, if you're allowed. And, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll, yeah, we'll definitely... That's going to be a big secret, isn't it? Drop us on Instagram. <laughs> And, uh, and we'll, yeah, we'll definitely arrange um, filling up that finger post tankard. Yeah, no, I'll be there, definitely, mate. It, it was a plan to run up there because Finley wouldn't let me come back without coming in and seeing him, so no, I'll be there. Soon as I, soon as I know, you'll be the second to know. <laughs> Sup, man. So, Chris, as, as you said, and as we knew, uh, Big Kev didn't disappoint. Major thing from me, what about the fact that in the background it's one of your dad's pictures? Talk about a bonus for you. A, do you know what, what they call it these days in social an, an easter egg do you know what i was i was so i'm still excited now and this is not i'm not faking this for the camera or anything 
when I, when, I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know it was planned. I just saw the county shirts and thought, yeah, I want to see them. Uh, so got a bit brazen. It just, you know, shows the screen, shows you all. Um, he showed us and then I just, I don't know, I just kind of recognised his drawing and, uh, and asked him to, to, to show it to me. And I just could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. And as a reference there at the end of the interview, it was 11 o'clock at night. I've got to ring my dad and tell him. Uh, and he was, he was just ecstatic. He was over the moon. I mean, this is, this is, this, I've said this to a few people this week. This is County's Alan Shearer we're talking about. Do you know what I mean? It's not, this is not just any player. It's like you said at the top of the show. It's the player of the century. It's the player of the century. And he's got, um, you know, he's got my dad's drawing on the wall. I, I just, I could not have been prouder of my dad um, if I tried at that point. And um, I was just so, even now, if you were sitting here, you'd say I'm shaking a little bit. It's just, it's been a long time since an interview has caught me that off guard. I'm going to go a bit partridge here, but an absolutely fantastic icing on what was a cake of an interview. And absolutely, you know, you, you, you we were trying to get him for ages. You got him, you knew it was going to be good. And then, you know, how much did you enjoy doing that? So I've, I've interviewed Kev once before, a long, long time ago, many, many, many years ago. And it was a brief, it, we had a radio slot that was like six minutes or something. So it was really, really short. And it was a bit forced and don't, it was great. Of course it was. But this time I really got the chance to just chat with him. Because the guy, the guy is such a charismatic person. He's the personality as well as the footballer. And um, the fact that you can just sit and just, just talk with him, you know? I, I didn't think it needed to be like, a, you know, tell me about this time. Tell me about the trip to Wembley. Tell me about this, tell me about that. It, it, it was more just, you know, um, you're, a count, you're a county legend. You are the county legend. Um, I'm a massive county fan. So let's just talk about county for a bit. And... I found myself just beaming this big stupid smile that I've got that I've, since we started doing video podcasts, I, I simply can't get away from. But I was just in awe of the man. Uh, and what what a guy, you know. Um, great, really, really wonderful to have him on. And um, yeah, I just loved it. Yeah, and, and more proof that there's something about this club uh, and what it does to players when they play play for this club. And and he's. He's a county player, maybe the county player, maybe you could argue Jim Gannon as well, but cut him in half and he bleeds blue. Yeah, oh, completely. I mean, um, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword that with Kevin away because he does bleed blue, but he makes no secret of the fact that he's a Birmingham boy who, um, you know, it was his dream to play for the Blues of St Andrews. Um, you know, he ticked that on his wish list, but he made sure he came back to county because... County was, you know, the, the one where he, he didn't know if he was going to make the move, didn't know if he was ever really going to make it as a footballer, if it was ever going to happen, ever going to come off. He came to County and all of a sudden, he's gone from being just this kind of fringe player that maybe gets a look in and might not make it, to just just the guy who, I said to, like I said to him at the end there, you, you could not have dreamed for any more. When you're a young lad, what you want is to be adored by fans. And all right, we're not the biggest club in the world. But as Danny Pagara said, we've got a bloody big heart. And that heart beats for people like Kevin Francis and like you mentioned there, Jim and Flinney and, and all that kind of, that, that school, if you like, of, of Danny Pagara's philosophy and the Stockport County that he produced. And my word, I mean, 
Kevin Francis, he said it, he said it at the end there, there's no Stockport County, there's no Kevin Francis. And part of me feels like, well, if there's no Kevin Francis, maybe the relationship that we have with ex-players and the rom- romantic memories that we have of that time, maybe it's not as strong because he was such a big part of it. Well, it's going to take something to top that interview, but there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline, uh, you know, while lockdown continues, while there's no football. But on that, that topic, there is news about um, some uh, possible news about the playoffs. There is. I'm actually going to go a bit unprofessional and pull my, um, and pull my phone up here because um, I, want, I want to make sure that what I'm saying is right because it's, um, it's an interesting one and it's, it's one that fans in any league have debated over for weeks and months now about how the season's going to finish and what happens to playoffs and relegations and, and et cetera and et cetera. What we do know is that from the, following the EFL vote, and I'm taking this from, from JK's Twitter, is following the EFL vote, relegation from League Two to the National League will happen ahead of next season. At the moment, that play, that team that sit in the relegation place is Stevenage. But as we know, Macclesfield Town have got a bit of a dilemma going on. They've got some problems and they could face a points deduction. If they do get a points deduction, given that they're only three points clear, you would imagine that would be curtains for Mac Town. But what does it mean for County? Well, the fact is we, we don't really know because they're talking about potential points per game. And if it is point if it is an average points per game situation, then County will be pipped to that final playoffs place. They'll be the only team to, to drop out of the playoffs uh, in favour of Barney. But obviously um, the, the argument there is County were on a good run of form. They just had um, significant investment, bringing in a lot of new players that meant, you know, those tables probably would have turned. I saw um, Jim Gannon on Twitter say that maybe you should look at the, the, the average point per game of the last six, seven games uh, and do that for the final six or seven games. And I thought that was an interesting point, an interesting way of looking at it. I've got to say, this is in no way confirmed but the initial sniff, if you like, is that County will miss out. Um, that's probably fair. You could argue in many, for many ways that is fair. As a, as a County fan, I don't like to hear it. Obviously, I'd rather be in those playoffs and get promoted. But average points per game, I guess I can see the argument for it. But the, the, the news is the decision should be made by this time tomorrow. Uh, and I say tomorrow, speaking on Tuesday. So by Wednesday afternoon early evening we should know a little bit more about how this whole pandemic slash football situation is going to play out yeah it would be tough on county but i think all the teams around county would feel the same as well um and could make a, a pretty decent case for feeling like that and you know as we kept we said throughout the season this is still, you know to finish just outside the playoffs is still a fantastic season for you know what we what we said all along, you know, and Jim said it at the start of the season, you know, a bottom four budget to be in, you know, top six place. You know, that's that's what you've got to and we talked about settling and finding out about this league and all those things. And then, you know, all the stuff that the fantastic stuff that's happened off the pitch. You know, that there's been a lot for for county players and fans to think about. And I think, you know, just outside the playoffs is is fair and is a great result. Yeah, I mean, we always want more, don't we? Uh, and I think, I 
think I don't think I don't think there'll be many people arguing if County were to get into the playoffs, you you probably have them down as pretty strong favourites, given the investment that's come in, given the players that have come in. Uh, okay, uh, and again, I don't know this for a hundred percent, but it looks like Danny Lloyd would would not feature because he's obviously gone back to Salford now. Um, Dan Cowan and Frank Mulhern, um, it doesn't look like they would feature, but. Don't no disrespect to those players, but those players aside, we still have a very, very strong team. So you, you've got to fancy County to to do some damage in those playoffs if it comes along. But I've got to say the initial whiff is that it won't. Um, and who knows when by the time this goes out on Thursday, we, we might know our answer and this might all be redundant. But um, somehow, some way, um, football has to get moving again. And that means that some way, somehow, some clubs will be happier than others. And um, if it's county that are unhappier than others, we've got to take it on the chin. We have to take it on the chin. I don't like it. I would rather be in the playoffs. I'd rather be back in the league next season. And I thought we probably were going to do that had the league played itself out. But there's been bigger, much, much bigger fish to fry over the last few months. And um, we'll just have to see. I mean, this is just our personal view. It is no more worthy than anybody else's. Yeah, that's what's happening in Germany and Portugal um, at the moment. You know, there's going to be some, when those games are finished, some people are going to be happy and some people aren't. And when the decision's made, um, you know, probably, as you say, Tuesday, some people will be happy, some won't. And it, games that get played, some people will be happy and some people won't. That's the nature of football anyway. But yeah, yeah. it'll just be good to see a ball being kicked. Oh, it will. It, I mean, yeah. I, th- I don't think, I don't think we've really realised how much we've missed it. I mean, it's been, it's been great. The, the club have done a really, really good job of putting things like classic match reruns on. For sure, and, for sure. Um, you know the, the goal highlights, and you know I think we tried to play our part by, by bringing the club legends back, and you know there's been Twitter Q and As and everything else, and these things have all been good. They've all, some of them have been very good, but. I think people will realise when they get back to watching the game, they'll, they'll begin to realise just how much they've missed it. Yeah, and we'll all be, we won't care. We'll just have, just think how much we're going to enjoy as a, a stale, stayed nil-nil draw. Maybe not for <laughs> County, but you know, watching, watching two teams that you don't support just drawing nil-nil is going to be fantastic. You just know it's got the beauty of it. There's going to be some club, some team who go one nil down within five minutes. They're <laughs> just going to wish it. Was still, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, yeah, wish themselves uh, back six weeks later. <laughs> well, Chris, an, an amazing interview, and yeah, I'm sure it's uh, another one, another highlight of your media career at uh, Stockport County. It um, is, and what we should say just before we wrap up, because we didn't get the chance to do this last week. Work schedules and and things were, were both. Um, absolutely snowed under at the moment but we've got to say a massive thank you to uh, Louis Cavaco the week before because um, someone someone put it on one of the social media platforms, I can't just recall which one and someone commented on that, that interview when it went live and they said I've got a feeling that this interview is going to make me cry and sometimes you can laugh and joke about stuff like that but when you see a guy like Louis who is the nicest person I think I've ever spoken to. I was going to say, what a lovely man. I'd never seen him speak before. What a lovely, lovely man. I mean, it made it, made it all the more kind of lovely and nice that we'd spent half an hour, 40 minutes trying to figure out the Zoom connection before it went live. Um, 
you know, and the, the way that he spoke about it and the way that he opened with how much he regretted it. And, he, you know, he was saying how the, the, the interview made him feel special again and um, how he got goosebumps when he remembered walking out to the park. And he remembers such intricate detail. But then he talks about the passion side of it, but then he talks about the football side of it. And he gives you that detail of what it was like behind the scenes under Dave Jones and under Gary Megson and the difference in approach and what he learned at the club and, you know, the, the, the heartache of, of believing that you are on the path to greatness. You've got the talent, you've got the platform, everything is going your way. And then just a freak horror leg break, bang, gone, ruined. And it, although he did sign a, a contract with Boa Vista a year later, it just wasn't the same. And um, and it, it kind of panned out. I've got to say a huge thank you to Louis. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him when he comes back to Stockport, which he will do at some point. And um, yeah, it, it was just an honour to have him on. Uh, we, we didn't get the chance to do this last week, as I say, so we have to give him some praise now. And hopefully, as I said, we've got more in the pipeline. Chris is always beavering away. He's always on his phone. He's always yeah. got the connections. He's always, uh, you're always at it, aren't you? <laughs> uh, there's always some bits and pieces coming out, yeah. But we'll leave it there for another week. Chris, cheers. Thank you.